is Express FM. Supported by the University of Portsmouth. We are passionately pumping. Begins, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see a full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. The problems continue to mount for Pompey. Off the head of Raggett, comes through, shot on goal, it's a brilliant goal! There's a long, long way back for Portsmouth now. This evening we'll hear the post-match thoughts of Paul Downing, who realises the need for the senior players to step up to the plate as the Blues head deeper in search for three points. It's obviously very disappointing for everyone involved, but we've got some good players and a lot of experience, so we'll use that and come back stronger, ready for Tuesday night. Danny Cowley was also unimpressed with his size display at the weekend. The gaffer is aiming to put the smiles back on fans' faces as soon as possible. A Portsmouth football club, and that was well short. The performance that we would expect to give our supporters, our supporters deserve a lot more than that, so we're um, yeah, a bit disappointed. Tonight I am joined alongside Ryan Honey and Blake O'Neill to get our teeth stuck into where it all went wrong for Pompey on Saturday, as well as to preview tomorrow's league encounter with Plymouth Argyle. That's all to come here on the only radio station on the great waterfront city of Portsmouth. You're listening to Express FM and this is the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and a warm welcome on this extremely warm Monday to the Football Hour here on Express FM. I hope you've had a great weekend, despite Saturday's result against Cambridge, of course. I'll be joined by two more Blues fans on the show tonight to go over the events of that 2-1 defeat at Fratton Park, as well as to look ahead to the next game. Tomorrow, we are back at PO4, Plymouth Argyle, the visitors. We'll hear the post-match thoughts of both Paul Downing and Danny Cowley tonight, but we're also interested to hear what you've got to say as well. Were you impressed? with what you saw from Miguel Aziz at the weekend. Are you prepared to see out this season as a rebuild with the aim of achieving promotion next time around? And who deserves to retain their starting place for the visit of the Pilgrims tomorrow night? Get in touch tonight between now and 7 o'clock. All the usual ways you can text your name and message starting with the word EXPRESS to 81400. Otherwise you can email into Pompey at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. But now we take you back to Fratton Park, Saturday afternoon, around 3pm, as Danny Cowley prepares his side to take on newly promoted Cambridge United, with the Blues going into the game off the back of three straight defeats in all competitions. Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham were in position for this one. Everything we do is passionately pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shoot and scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompey commentary. He's this is you believe it. Pompey Live. Portsmouth haven't scored a league goal since what feels like the middle of summer. And weather-wise today, it feels like the middle of summer in Portsmouth and maybe that will help them. It was the perfect start to the season. Three wins from three, but no wins and no goals since then. Here we go then. Pompey, usual home strip. Get us underway, going from right to left. So they're kicking towards the front and end in the first half. Romeo, 40 yards from goal, cutting in field to Harness. Good pace about this from Pompey. Harness breaks into the area. Harness trying to pull it back. It's loose to Tunnick. Lifted to the far post there. Wards Harrison, but meets off the goalkeeper. Plucks it out the air. Williams cross to the far post. Header is in the net. And Cambridge are ahead. Joe Ironside with a looping header. Back where it came from. There's nothing Bazunu can do about that. It's into the top corner. First real shot on target of either side. And it's Cambridge United who lead at Fratton Park. Portsmouth nil, Cambridge 1. Harness, who popped up on the left wing, is driving down that touchline. Look in the air for Harrison. Harrison lays it off. Chance for Tunnicliffe. He can't get on the end of it. It's with Meatoff. The goalkeeper still 1-0. Right hand in the air. Pompey needs to stand firm again. Williams runs clear and free in the middle. Off the head of Raggett. Comes through. Shot on goal. It's a brilliant goal. A brilliant goal. Liam O'Neill with his first of the season. A curling left-footed effort that goes into the top corner. He's not ingratiating himself to the home fans. Celebrating in front of the Fratton end. 
but he probably won't mind after sticking it into the top corner. There's a long, long way back for Portsmouth now. Portsmouth nil, Cambridge United two. Curtis is going to head it back to the danger area. Hurst shot on goal, didn't connect with, and it's cleared halfway. Bad clearance. Curtis shot into the net. Ronan Curtis with his first of the season. And Pompey have finally broken that goal drought and have got themselves 15 minutes to get themselves at least a point against Cambridge United. Portsmouth 1, Cambridge 2. Booze ring out around Fratton Park. Fans around us head down towards the gangway, shaking their heads. Portsmouth have lost the third consecutive game in League One. They've been beaten by Cambridge United 2-1 here at Fratton Park. They've managed just two shots on target all afternoon. And Portsmouth will drop to 15th in League One. Portsmouth 1, Cambridge 2. Every second of the action is right here. This is 93.7 Express FM. Pompey Live. The highlights there from Saturday's disastrous display at home to Cambridge United, as told by our colleagues Andy Moon and Guy Whittingham from BBC Radio Solent. Elsewhere in League One, Wigan once again claimed victory, this time 4-1 away at Accrington Stanley. Tomorrow's opponents, Plymouth, were 1-0 winners at Wimbledon. Doncaster finally won a game, 1-0 at home to Morecambe, as did Ipswich. They beat Lincoln City away from home by a goal to nil, though. It's probably fair to say we should probably start laughing at Ipswich which now they are just four points behind Pompey following Saturday's action. The Blues are now 15th in the league on 10 points with five goals scored and four conceded. I'd like to welcome onto the show now my good friend and occasional colleague, Ryan Honey. Ryan, a very good evening, mate. You're in the studio tonight. Welcome back. Thank you very much for having me, Jake. It's brilliant to be back in the studio and I look forward to getting into some Pompey stuff. And my second guest this evening comes in the form of Blake O'Neill, who has drawn the short straw this time around. He's currently calling in from back home. Blake, great to have you back on the Football Hour, pal. Great to be back, Jake, mate. So um, we can dig straight in. Yeah, we're going to sink our teeth straight into uh, the action on Saturday. However, we are first going to address the issues that, of course, happened at the weekend surrounding the the match day experience for for fans at Fratton Park. Unfortunately, there were some issues with tickets and long, long queues outside Fratton Park. You know, past kickoff, probably about ten past three the last time. You know, the last minutes that fans were filing into Fratton Park at the weekend. Not a great sight to see. But the club have released a statement uh, in response to these these issues and, you know, consequencing uh, complaints at the weekend. Uh, I'm going to read that statement out now to clear up for everybody. Portsmouth Football Club would like to apologise to any supporter who was not able to enter Fratton Park prior to the 3pm kickoff on Saturday. The match against Cambridge United was the first time that full season ticket holders were able to use their new car to secure entry into the ground. The club monitored carefully the difficulties many other clubs had experienced at the start of the season, especially in regard to season ticket delivery and Wi-Fi connectivity at turnstiles, which had created long queues beyond kickoff at a number of stadiums, and had planned carefully for launch of season tickets for the Cambridge fixture to avoid such issues. This was particularly important given the decision made last season to introduce a new access control system and a new loyalty card, which in the long term will create additional benefits for all season ticket holders. The club has also had the additional challenge since July of relocating many season ticket holders due to the stadium development works and the capacity cuts with further relocations needed in the North Lower in the new year when the next phase of the stadium redevelopment commences. The majority of season ticket holders all received their cards in time for Saturday and most of those who, uh, whose cards were delayed in the post received an alternative ticket. The technology used to link the cards with the turnstile entry was pre-tested ahead of a game and worked well, although we did have a small number of issues with some junior tickets which will be rectified. However, the club continues by saying we still experienced delays at the turnstiles for those supporters who arrived from 2.40pm. We held our usual post-match debrief immediately after the game, which included those from our fantastic stewarding team, who, as our front line, had a difficult role in dealing with the entry problems and who were best placed to be able to report why the queues had occurred. The core issue identified from that debrief was the change in entry procedures. Supporters who were used to the previous system of inserting their card into the QR code slash barcode reader continued to do so instead of scanning their card on the new Wi-Fi symbol. Cards inserted were rejected until they were properly scanned. The consequence of this was to uh, more than double the entry time for many supporters as they sought guidance on the new process from Stewart. The last supporter from Frogmore Road entered the stadium at 10 past three, while the last supporter from the north side of the stadium entered 
at 13 minutes past. The club fully acknowledges that the change in card entry procedures needed to have been uh, better communicated to supporters in advance of attending the fixture and will work to produce additional signage while a video guide will be published ahead of a Sunderland fixture at the beginning of October. Um, the club continues by saying that the club with most of the leisure and hospitality industry continues to experience the challenges of shortages of part-time matchday staff. Uh, for us, this includes stewards, catering and kiosk staff, but we are hopeful that the staffing situation will improve as the furlough scheme concludes at the end of September. We would ask supporters to bear with us as we seek to build back towards optimum matchday staffing levels. And the club would end that statement by saying, the club would like to remind fans that the rescheduled Plymouth game on Tuesday night, that's tomorrow, it's a 7.45 kickoff and it is not included in the full season tickets and will not be loaded onto any of the season ticket cards. Individual tickets must be bought for this this fixture, either online or from the Anson Road ticket office, and supporters will receive an e-ticket, which can be printed at home or scanned at the turnstiles by putting it in the scanner. And tickets bought before the fixture was rescheduled will bear the old date of September the 6th, but will still remain valid for tomorrow night. That was a very long statement, but hoping to get the message across that the club are looking to rectify the issues of Saturday afternoon. Of course, many, many delays of fans getting inside the stadiums. One of those fans fortunate enough not to be in those queues, Ryan Honey, um, away from Fratton Park at the weekend, of course, with your duties with having to Waterlooville. Let's first get stuck into the Hawks because they were in FA Cup action on Saturday, if I'm right, and uh, quite a decent victory for them. No, it was. I mean, it was very important for them to to, to get a win on the board after a disappointing uh, defeat previous. Um, but no, uh, it was a goal fest, a uh, five-three win against Beaconsfield, and um, you know, I think I think they needed that a morale boosting camp and uh, goals from elsewhere. It's usually either Tommy Wright or, or Scott Rendell. They were rested. Um, and rightfully so, they've had a, a really good start to the season. And Alex Wall and, and Abdullah Baggy, the likes of them, they, they've come in and taken their chance. And Wall, as mentioned, he scored twice, and, and uh, I'm very pleased for him. But no, haven't a very good result for them. Yeah. Any word on who the next opponents will be in the FA Cup qualifying procedure? Um, I, I think the draw today uh, was Billericay. Um, I don't know if it's home or away, <laughs> but Billericay Town, I believe. Tough, tough tie. Um, despite you know, of course, the league tables and where Billy Rocky are in the in the standings. Uh, we'll end off with the Hawks Hawk because we've got plenty of Pompey chat to get through. The next game, when when is that? I believe it's Wednesday night. Um, Winchester at home in the Hampshire uh, Trophy. Wednesday night, uh, Winchester at home in the Hampshire Trophy for having to Waterlooville the next game at uh, Wesley Park or the Draper Tools Community Stadium. Uh, Blake O'Neill, let's get you back into the conversation, mate. Uh, and we're going to start with uh, with Pompey at the weekend. A 2-1 defeat to Cambridge United. Definitely not the result I, I don't think many fans were expecting uh, on Saturday. No, definitely not. I was hopeful of something. I think, I think the stat was we hadn't lost to them since 1962 and never lost to them at Fratton Park. So for us to come out of that, a lot of the players look disinterested. I think you'll agree with me there. But hopefully we can bounce back tomorrow night. Mm. Saturday, we need to put it behind us because ultimately, if we let that play in our minds too much, then it's just going to get go from bad to worse, really. Yeah. Cambridge aside, Ryan, who just been promoted from League Two of the four clubs that had been promoted from that division last season. Cambridge to finish second, but probably you look at the start of this campaign that all four of those clubs have had, and Cambridge have had a very good start. But they've beaten some very good teams in this division so far. It's not a great result for Pompey, obviously, but you know, Cambridge are definitely one of those sides that can cause an upset on their day, and and they certainly showed up on Saturday, and and, and that was their day. No, it was. Um, like you say, that they've had a, a, a fairly decent start to the life in League One. Um, obviously, coming off the back of a, a disappointing uh, defeat to Lincoln, you know, you're thinking they're shot of confidence. Pompey, come on, let, let's pull one out the bag here. But it wasn't to be. Um, but no, it's just a case of not underestimating them. Uh, they're still new. They're still fresh in League One, and for them to be able to bounce back from that disappointing defeat at Lincoln shows they've got character in, uh, within their ranks. Yeah, uh, and Blake, we'll hear the post-match thoughts of uh, head coach Danny Cowley later in the show. But five changes for Pompey on Saturday saw Kieran Threeman, uh, Clark Robertson, who missed out through injury, Joe Morrell, Rico Hackett Fairchild, and John Marquis all out of the side for Marlon Romeo, Paul Downing, Miguel Aziz, Ronan Curtis, and Ellis Harrison. 
what are your thoughts on those wholesale changes? Because throughout the entirety of last week, you can't shy away from the fact that fans have been screaming out on social media for changes ahead of that game. Was that too many? Um, I mean, Robertson, obviously, injury. Morel was at a family grieving or something, I believe, yeah. funeral or something like that. So those two, nothing really he could do about that. Romeo, Romeo, I think, is more of an attacking right back than Freeman is. So maybe that was his thinking there. Harrison, in my opinion, was one of our better players on Saturday. That probably doesn't say much, but the runs he was making, he was winning his headers until he got brought off. Aziz as well in midfield, the first touch he had, I think he put it through someone's legs and ran forward, which is something that looked quite good. Both of them got subbed off together, which shocked me, definitely. Um, but again, we just need to really find an 11 that will work hard yeah. and then not just work hard, but play well together. Yeah. Okay, then let's go to Paul Downing now. He caught up with Ollie Marsh after the full-time whistle on Saturday and was first asked for his reaction to the defeat. I think, from our point of view, we're really disappointed with the performance and obviously the result. I think you know, that's three defeats in a row now, which we know is not good enough, and um, we need to not be too disappointed. You know, over the weekend of a game coming on Tuesday, which we need to uh, you know, put a better showing in in front of our fans and give them you know some more to shout about and, and make sure um, we're ready to go. And, and start winning football matches again. What was the mood like in the dressing room after that one? Was it difficult not to get too disappointed? I think so. I think obviously when you sort of train all week with how you want to play and, and don't then go out and perform, it's obviously very disappointing for everyone involved. But like I say, we've got some good players and a lot of experience, so we'll use that and come back stronger, ready for Tuesday night. Where do you think the game was lost today? Was it just one where it wasn't quite your day? No, I think um, so it was disappointing to go 1-0 down and, and that sort of made the task difficult. They came and frustrated us, but I just think times we the build-up was a bit slow and, and lacked quality, which you know made everyone get more frustrated and um, just failed to create you know enough chances to score goals, which was disappointing because you know we've got to expect better you know in front of the home fans that we can score goals and win games. On a personal point of view, I'm sure it won't feel like it now, but it must be pleasing to be able to get back out there on the grass. Yeah, I did enjoy it today, I think, apart from the result. Always a proud moment for me playing in front of the home fans and um, you know, hopefully there's more to come from me now and I can get a run of games and start you know, showing everyone that I'm a good player and you know, I want to be part of a successful team and yeah, I'll look to build on today and, and you know, kick on ready for the next game. Was it something of a, a late call-up, obviously, with Clark Robertson dropping out due to injury earlier in the week in training? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously I've um, had a sort of frustrating start with injury and, and COVID, but I think the couple of injuries was sort of a bit of good luck for me, obviously, to step in and um, always train hard and be ready to play. So although it was sort of a late shout, I'm always ready and, um, you know, will continue to be to, to play my part. And in terms of your own injuries, you, you certainly look fully fit out there. Did it, did you feel okay? Did you get through it okay? Yeah, no, I felt great. I think, like I say, I've worked hard in training and feel fully fit now. So out of uh, obviously the game at Wimbledon and a couple of reserve games, which has sort of built my match fitness up. And like I say, I'll be better for today again and ready if needed on Tuesday. You know, moving on, it's a bit of a cliche, but is it nice to have that game on Tuesday so that you can go straight back in and, and try and put this one right? Yeah, definitely. I think, like I said, it gives us another opportunity in front of our home fans to, to perform better and, and get that win on Tuesday, which we'll all be desperate for. So, yeah, it's about recovering now and being ready for Tuesday night because it's a massive game and, you know, we want to start winning football matches again. And the sooner we do that, the better. Paul Downing there speaking to Ollie Marsh from the Pompey Media team following the full-time whistle on Saturday. Paul Downing coming straight into the deep end on Saturday, Ryan, due to the injury sustained by Clark Robertson in training earlier that week. And for a team like Pompey, who had prided themselves before Saturday for only conceding twice in the league uh, up, up until kickoff, to concede two goals to Cambridge, does that worry you? Does that concern you heading into, into future matches? But now even our defence is starting to falter a little bit. I think the worrying thing is um, Clark Robertson, his injury. Hopefully it's not too serious and he, he's back as soon as possible because I've been very impressed with him um, early on in the season, his range of passing, his ability to drive out with the ball and um, his positioning's is usually pretty good as well so I think he's a, he's a big miss um, and obviously it's going to be difficult for Downing who's been stricken of, of first team football to, to come in and fill that void but speaking about Robertson and, and him being missed Cowleys do pride themselves on, on being tight at the back and you know sloppy defending with a header um, and then Liam O'Neill brings out probably one of the best goals of scoring his career so in, in, in terms of goals conceded it's disappointing to score uh, 
disappointing to concede to against Cambridge, but yeah. it's just one of those things. OK, we've just flown past 20 past six now, which means it is time to head to our first break of the evening, after which we'll hear the post-match reaction of Blues head coach Danny Cowley, who provides an update on the injury sustained to Clark Robertson before the game against Cambridge. The prognosis doesn't look good, unfortunately. Looks like a tear of the quadricep tendon. And yeah, he's a loss. There's no hiding place from that. But these things happen and we have to be good enough as a squad to overcome them. We'll have more from him as well as Ryan and Blake too, of course. When the Football Hour returns, make sure you join us again in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, your home of every Pompey match day on which we host proud and passionate pre-match, half-time and post-game analysis live from wherever the Blues are on a show we call Pompey Live. Myself, Liam Howes and Ryan Stilwell are next on air together tomorrow night for the visit of Plymouth Argyle to Fraston Park and we'll be live from 7pm with all of the build-up to that game. As you can imagine, Pompey fans, after Saturday's result and the performance that ensued, we have so many emails and texts to get through here on the show. So we're going to start off with the first one here from Dean Adams, who um, says, We seem to have brought four defensive midfielders in the summer in Joe Morrell, Tony Cliff, Williams and Thompson, and yet again rely on the same front four of Curtis, Harness, Marquis and Harrison, players who are inconsistent and have got uh, not got us promoted to date. We badly needed a new striker and a new number 10, Aidan McGee, was available last year or even Wes Houlihan an experienced number 10 like that or what Merson did for, uh, for us we've not addressed the attacking third and on top of that we are now seriously weak at centre-back with Robertson out injured this can only be a season of stability at best until we get another transfer window Danny Cowley looks seriously downbeat as he approached the press uh, post-match after Cambridge he was hurting just like a fan so let's get behind him and also the team tomorrow no silly songs says Dean Adams on the emails and throughout this part of the show, uh, Ryan and Blake, we're going we're gonna to dissect these emails. We're going to answer the questions that fans are asking back home and really reflect on the points that are being made. And the first one I want to touch upon here, Blake, is from Dean Adams on the email who says you know, Pompey failed to recruit and you know failed to bolster their options in the attacking region of the pitch, in particular a new striker and most importantly, a, a number 10 behind the striker. Now, Danny Cowley's transfer business this summer, 14 in, 13 out, a huge squad overhaul. Are you of the opinion that Danny and Nicky Cowley have got another transfer window in the January and indeed next summer before we can actually start to judge them you know, as managers and who they've brought in? Is one summer transfer window too little to just overhaul an entire squad? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, different players come available at different times, don't they? If they've got ideas for who they may want at the end of this season or in January, maybe there was a striker they, they did want, but the club he, he plays for now maybe said, well, we want this much money and we didn't have that. Or they were relying on maybe a Curtis deal because apparently he was rumoured to be going for quite a bit of money that they were thinking of spending elsewhere. Yeah. And then if players, maybe you're thinking we could loan in someone, but then they go somewhere else or we just didn't act fast enough. So you never know. There's, there's going to be time for Danny Cowley, I reckon, and Nicky to assess what they've got, especially in the first half of this season. Then in January, give them that window, build it, and then stabilise for this season. Next season, I'd say, is the season that we should be going for it. Yeah. And obviously this summer, Ryan, you know, we speak about the, the names that come into the squad, the names that departed Fratton Park. And you do look at the, the attacking area of, of Pompey's you know, squad, the likes of John Marquis, Ellis Harrison, Ronan Curtis, Marcus Harness, you know, not not naming any you know names who perhaps you'd want to see no longer at the club or who you'd like to see move on or, or who you'd like to see Danny Cowley replace. But that that was the area of which Danny Cowley was unable to, to, to change. Uh, and a lot of that came down to the deals falling through for Ellis Harrison. Of course, he was linked to Plymouth towards the end of the transfer window. Maybe if Ellis Harrison had moved on, would have had the funds for another striker like, like Blake said sometimes players just aren't available at, at, at the right moments you want them same as Ronan Curtis linked heavily to both Cardiff and Blackburn no move came about so Pompey were unable to to change things up there same real question as I asked Blake really are you willing to, to give Danny Nicky Cowley the January and indeed next summer transfer window before we can actually start to, to judge what they've tried to implement um Yes, I, I think they do need, you know, two, three, four windows to to implement what they want to. Um, I think 
you know, we've seen signs of, of what they're they're trying to do with the, the counter press and the way they want to play with the centre half playing out from the back. Bazunu, who's been brought in to play out from the back, and he and he's shown what he can do so, already so so far. Um, but this this season. He, they haven't really had the, the attacking options that they really wanted. It was it was heavily, um, you know, heavily um, brought about in the press by uh, the news about Ellis Harrison being able to move him on. It didn't happen, and uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to to replace him. But um, we, we've got him. He's still he's still our player, and we've got to respect that. And um, as long as he's wearing that shirt, we've got to see him as our player and support him. Yeah. Uh, Paul O'Neill has got in touch on Facebook. Blake, this is your dad, as we all very know well. Uh, he's got in touch on Facebook. Uh, good evening to you, Paul. Thanks for getting involved with the conversation tonight. He says, we've been getting progressively worse for the last three or four games and Saturday really did take the biscuit. We were lethargical all over the pitch and lacked any form of creativity. We were so predictable. Yes, we usually have a lot of the ball, but when we get anywhere near the final third of the pitch, we mess up the final pass or we don't know what to do next. Moving forward, this team and the squad needs to step up and be counted, hopefully starting tomorrow. And Blake, the question I want to ask you based on you know Paul's comment there, the first three or four games of the season, we were complimenting the way that this squad, you know, the fitness and, and, and how energetic they were and how willing they were to, to fight to for now, right from the minute, you know, the first minute to the last minute. Right now, does it look as though we've just completely flipped that on the head and, and reverted back to a lot of what we saw last season? Yeah, well, I think just on Saturday, one player I'd like to pick out is Tunnycliffe. Now, you look at the first three or four games of the season, he didn't stop running. He was involved in every single one of our goals. Attacking and defensively looked solid. Him and Williams in the midfield was unstoppable. On Saturday, he kind of he made a pass. If it didn't go his way, he just stood there and looked around. If there was something he needed to track back, he just stopped. Williams made a touch, I don't know if anyone else saw it, that I think summed up our game, where it was in the box, unopposed. It's coming towards him slowly. He managed to hit his knee, hit his foot. He nearly fell over and it went out for a corner. Yeah. And I think that kind of summed up our game on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Alfredo on Twitter says, what went wrong is the lack of effort from the squad. The only one who played well, in my opinion, was Marlon Romeo. The thoughts of uh, Alfredo on Twitter. Some text coming in to uh, Mark on the text. What has happened to our support? In the 90s, and early 2000s, the fans got behind the team. No matter how bad we were playing, they would only have a pop if the players weren't giving their all. Uh, Chris Elston on Twitter says, I agree with a post I saw at the weekend. On paper, we should be achieving more. Good players and uh, some competition for places in the starting eleven. The problem is, no matter what, they are not a team on the pitch. Leadership, teamwork, respect, effort are all required. Uh, a lot of it comes down to as well, Ryan, because you can see the ethos and the, the tactics that you know, the Cowley brothers are trying to implement, and, and a lot of fans are behind that. You know, they're, they're really reflecting what they want to achieve at this club well to supporters you know be it in the press be it how they act on the touchline at games they do connect with the fans there's no denying that is this a case of really comparing this side to the side of the 2015-16 squad under Paul Cook you know that first season it was a rebuild we had some great players we had a very good team on paper we ended up failing but the second season, when Paul Cook was able to get a few more players in, finalise, you know, fine tune that squad. We were talking before we came on air about fine tuning this team. Can you see this being pretty much the exact same scenario? I think you might. You, sorry, I think you can uh, make that comparison. It's very similar in that regard. It's been a, a whole revamp here in terms of the, the squad and, and the players that have been brought in, and it's going to take time for uh, the Cowley brothers to really stamp their mark on the team and, and what goes on on the pitch. It's been music to the ears uh, of Pompey fans hearing what the Cowleys have in store, have in mind uh, for what they want their team to, to achieve on the pitch and how they want them to play. Um, but Pompey fans have to understand that won't come overnight. It's going to be about rejigging the squad, what players suit that style, what players can fit the style that they want to play. And uh, I, I think they just need time. I think that's the that's the real message. I think Paul Kirk, he had two years here, yeah. um, Cowley. I think judge him after two years and then, then come back to us. It is frustrating, you know, right now in the in the here and now, Blake. Of course, a, a defeat on Saturday to Cambridge United and a side just prom promoted from League Two, a team you, you look at Pompey should be beating on paper, regardless of whether this is a rebuild season or not. But off the back of you know the defeats at Wigan, MK Dons, the the nil nil draw at Doncaster Rovers, 
it's this string of games which is just frustrating fans. You can certainly understand all of the frustration that's coming through. A, a, a text here from Carol, Carol in Hailing Island. Why has Danny Carly reverted to 4-2-3-1? It didn't work before with Kenny Jackett. 4-4-2 did. In terms of the formations and the different style and the different approaches that Danny is trying out with this squad, can, do you see this as, as experimenting to try and find that that perfect formula? Or do you think that he's playing a little bit too much with the team and maybe we should just stick to one certain way of playing? Yeah, well, I'm going to go back to that point again if it's a rebuild season. He has brought players in that he obviously has identified as good players. And he, at Lincoln, I think, and at Huddersfield, played this 4-2-3-1. At Huddersfield, I don't know if anyone would have watched him there, but he, he got a certain player called Emil Smith-Rowan before he was even good. And he managed to develop him into what Arsenal have now. And his 4-2-3-1 worked at both of those clubs. The jacket 4-2-3-1, I don't think it was the formation that was the problem. The problem was more the fact that there was no plan B and it was more kind of kick it forward and kind of hope. Whereas with Danny Cowley, it seems to be more, let's play the ball about a bit. If you need to, yeah, okay, find the target man. But try and pass it about a bit. So I think maybe he is experimenting in 4-4-2 and the 4-2-3-1. I think he even reverted to a 4-2-4 at one point. I think it might have even been in that Doncaster game, just throwing a few people forward. The one thing that got me, I think, on Saturday was the fact that when we were, I think it was 2-0 at the time, he brought Harrison off for Marquis instead of going four four two, when you kind of needed to up top. Yeah. Um, before we do go any further, we are going to hear the uh, post-match reaction of Danny Carley. He spoke to the club's media team after Saturday's 2-1 defeat to Cambridge United. Well, Danny, a disappointing one today. What went wrong? Yeah, I think a really disappointing performance. Uh, one that I take responsibility for at Portsmouth Football Club, and that was well short. The performance that we would expect to give our supporters, our supporters deserve a lot more than that, so we're um, yeah, bitterly disappointed. You made, I think, five changes to your starting lineup, and there were two in, two dropped out through injury as well. Just just talk us through your starting eleven today. Yeah, we didn't get the team right, did we? I think we obviously had a tough week in terms of losing two left-footed defenders, which didn't help us to lose Conor Ogilvy on Tuesday after the Basingstoke game, and then um, to lose Clark Robertson on Thursday was a big loss because it really disrupted our balance and our ability to move the ball. And young Joe Morrell had a, had a family bereavement, which meant that he um, had a funeral uh, yesterday in Wales, and it was absolutely right that he attended that. That was the reason for three of the changes, and, and obviously we've been short of goals, so we, we tried to, to, to change it at the top end of the pitch but no it didn't work we looked um, unfamiliar we um, didn't look like we had enough partnerships and relationships on the pitch and you know ultimately as, as a manager you take responsibility for that for Clark in particular how difficult it is it to lose one of your starting centre-backs and your skipper and what is the injury to Clark Robertson the prognosis doesn't look good unfortunately looks like a tear of the quadricep tendon and yeah he's a loss there's no hiding place from that you know he's been our captain I think he's been excellent I think you know him and Rags have been a really good partnership but these things happen and we have to be good enough as a squad to overcome them but we weren't today what do you put the two goals that you conceded down to well I think that they probably score with two shots on target the first one's disappointing from us because our game plan is to press high and we allowed their centre-half to travel and travel and travel into our final third, so we didn't quite get that right on the pitch. And then, you know, we knew that their major threat was from crosses in the box. We didn't stop the cross and then we didn't deal with the cross, so then ultimately you concede. The second goal is from a second phase from a corner. I think we cleared a corner and he volleys it in from the edge of the area. But it took us to that moment for us to show any type of response and play with the energy, the intensity and the, the aggression and the purpose that we would expect of our teams. Yeah, as you said, it did take a little bit too long to come, but I suppose one positive is Ronan Curtis's goal. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a good goal. But ultimately, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're scratching and searching if we're, if we're looking for positives from that display. And, and how disappointing is it, of course, to come in front of your home fans as well, to, to not be able to perform to the level that you want to? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, we had a good way into the season here with two wins and we were hoping to build on that today. We want to try to make this a fortress and somewhere where it's really difficult for opponents to come. But we didn't play anywhere near the aggression or the intensity or the purpose that we would expect from one of our teams. And as a consequence now, we have to go away. I think we all have to take some ownership in the performance, take some responsibility. You have two choices in these moments. You either look out the window and blame others or you look in the mirror. And I'm definitely going to choose the latter. 
a disappointed Danny Cowley speaking to Ollie Marsh from the uh, Pompey media team after the full-time whistle on Saturday and reflecting upon the, the first point made by the gaffer within that interview ride. And, and Blake mentioned, you know, queuing up that interview that, you know, Danny Cowley, he, he got it wrong on Saturday. You know, the team selection, the, the amount of changes, I know two of them were unfortunately unforced. And we certainly send our, our best wishes to both Clark Robertson and Joe Morrell. But in terms of the selection, the formation, maybe the approach to the game, he got it wrong. And within the interview, he he held his hands up and he, and he admitted to those mistakes. Completely goes back to what we've been saying all along throughout this entire show. Even he acknowledges this is a, a season of rebuilding and trying to, to get it right. At the end of the day, we're seven games in, 39 remaining. We've seen glimpses of this side achieving what they can achieve. Just got to be patient. You do. And not to be funny, not many managers would come out and say that. You know, he's very honest. He's he's brutally honest sometimes, and that's what Pompey fans want to want to hear. They want they want to hear it from the manager, and he's owned up. He he said it's his fault, um, but it's going to be a case of it, don't let it happen again. Yeah. Don't get it wrong again. It's as simple as that. Um, Pompey fans want to see better. They will see better, I'm sure, because the Cowleys um, usually deliver. We've seen it at Lincoln. We've seen it at Huddersfield. They can deliver. And it's just a, it's just going to be about trusting the process. If, if Cowley thinks this is the way forward, then uh, we have to trust him and go with it. Yeah. And we heard within that interview as well, Blake, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to hear the extent of the injury to Clark Robertson. However, we are pretty confident that we're not going to see Clark Robertson feature tomorrow against Plymouth and it's highly unlikely we're going to see him feature at all for Pompey for at least the next few weeks. A, a horrible injury, a tear to, to a muscle in his uh, hip area. It, it sounds painful. And, you know, as Danny mentioned in the interview, as a couple of our um, listeners have got involved on the text tweets and emails, we're looking very light at the back right now. Yeah, we are, especially with, um, I can't pronounce his name very well, but o- Ogilvy. Um, he's out as well with an injury from what I've heard so we've got what one left back two centre backs and two right backs and those two right backs can't cover at centre back either so whether that means we have to recall Haji Minogo to come in as a, as a backup centre back but we knew Robertson had history with injuries before Rotherham fans did make that aware to us um, or the ones I spoke to anyway hopefully this one's one he can recover from quickly and it's not a recurring injury because he, he's been our leader and he's been very, very solid next to Raggett. So fingers crossed he's back sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, Dave Byrne on the email says, Good evening, guys. Where do we start? No coordination, no pattern of play, no real movement off the ball. No urgency until we were 2-0 down. No penetration in forward, forward areas and no quality on any final ball. Fragile at the back as well. And Dave continues by saying, What I don't understand is this. Regardless of who the owners are, regardless of the management team, regardless of even the squad of players, we seem incapable of making real progress apart from one or two rare well-documented and obvious occasions over the years. Meanwhile, we watch the likes of Wickham, Burton, Wigan, Swansea, Brentford, Brighton, Bournemouth and so many others overtake us and play at high levels during this time. Maybe the expectations of our supporters are always too much for the main cast at our club. And Dave uh, finalises his email by saying, and finally, did anybody learn the right uh, to be any man of the match accolade on the day? I know Roland scored the goal, but I honestly didn't notice his contribution prior to that moment. Dave, uh, in a list on the emails. Dave, I don't think there was a man of a match award given out on Saturday and I think if there was it might have caused a bit of a stir at Fratton Park. Okay, but after the break, the three of us are going to move on and look ahead to Pompey's next fixture. We want you back home to keep getting in touch on the text, tweets and emails to text express and your message to 81400. You can email Pompey at expressfm.com tweet using at expressfm or head to facebook.com forward slash Pompey live. Don't go anywhere. You won't want to miss the conclusion of this one. You're listening to the Football Hour on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to be Football Hour. I'm tonight joined alongside Ryan Honey here at Express HQ as well as Blake O'Neill calling in from the comfort of his own home. It's time now to forget about Saturday to an extent and throw it forward now by previewing Pompey's upcoming fixture. It's a quick turnaround for the Blues, who are back on home turf tomorrow night. Plymouth Argyle are the opponents, and here's Connor Mosey with a closer look at the threat they pose. Somewhat 75 hours after Saturday's defeat to Cambridge, the Blues quickly return to action. 
This time around, floodlit football at Fratton for the rearranged visit of Plymouth Argyle. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Pompey were stunned at the weekend as the use of Cambridge rose above the challenge to record their first ever win on Portsea Island and their first victory over the Blues since 1978. That's now four consecutive defeats for Danny Cowley's side, who next hosts an informed Plymouth Argyle. Here's a little more insight into the opponents for this not-a-dockyard derby derby. Manager. Former Shrewsbury, Berry, and Tramia striker Ryan Lowe remains at the helm of the Pilgrims. The 43-year-old took charge at Home Park in June 2019, having just led Berry to automatic promotion from League Two. Plymouth had then just been relegated to said division under the management of Derek Adams. Lowe had the task of taking another club up to League One and did so with ease, leading Argyle straight back up, albeit Covid and the points per game system playing a small part in that success. The Liverpoolian style of football comes across as positive and very attacking. His promotion-winning team at Bury were one of the highest-scoring sides in the Football League that season. To date, Lowe has a win percentage of 42.7 from his 110 games in charge of Plymouth Argyle. One to watch. Keep tabs on forward Luke Jeffcott during this one. The 21-year-old who's represented but not scored for the Welsh under-19 and under-21 sides turned pro at Plymouth in 2018, spending one season on loan at Truro City since then. He's got five goals in 18 appearances for the Devon club and has since bagged 26 in 68 for Argyle. Jeff Cott scored in four consecutive matches in all competitions throughout August, but has failed to find the back of the net since, recording 346 minutes without the ball hitting the back of the net, though we still regard him as a danger for the Blues' defence this week. Top scorer. Argyle's leading scorer this season is their number nine, Ryan Hardy. The 24-year-old Scotsman first arrived in Devon on loan from Blackpool for the remainder of the 2019-20 season rejoining Plymouth on loan for the entirety of last term. He signed permanently in January following a successful 12 months on loan at Home Park. This campaign, Hardy has netted four times in the league, including one at the weekend in a 1-0 victory away at Wimbledon. Current form. Plymouth are unbeaten in their previous six league matches, last experiencing a loss on the opening day of the season to Rotherham United. Since then, Argyle have picked up 14 points, with victories over Gillingham, Shrewsbury, Sheffield Wednesday and Wimbledon contributing to the team's rise up to fourth in the table. Ryan Lowe's side are, however, out of the Carabao Cup and also tasted defeat away to Newport County in the opening round of group stage fixtures in the Papa John's Trophy. You'd have to go as far back as May 2016 to find the last time Pompey lost against Plymouth. Since then, six draws and two wins for the Blues. Can Pompey put their torrid run of form behind them or will the Pilgrims condemned Danny Cowley's side to a fifth defeat in a row. All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Connor Mosley there with a closer look at Plymouth Argyle tomorrow night's opponents at Thratton Park. And uh, Ryan, we're going to try and forget about uh, Saturday's result as much as we can. We've got just under 10 minutes of the show remaining. Tomorrow night, Plymouth Argyle, the visitors to Fratton Park, of course, the rearranged fixture, which was supposed to be played on the 6th of September, just uh, two weeks ago. It's now being played tomorrow night due to international call-ups at the time. Plymouth Argyle, we just heard there with Connor, fourth in the table. They're on a very decent run of form and they look like a real threat. Yeah, they do. They've got some good players um, in good form as well. Ryan Hardy netting at the weekend against uh, Wimbledon. It's a tough place to go, Wimbledon, and he's in some good form. I think he's got four already this season, and you know it doesn't stop there. Uh, Luke Jeffcott, who obviously had a very good season last season, and um, Dan Scar at the back, he's also a very good defender. Brendan Galloway, they've got real assets uh, within their ranks, and... Um, like you say, they're going to be a real threat this season and I wouldn't be surprised to see them end up in the top six come the end of the campaign. Yeah, uh, Luke Jeffcott um, scored many goals for Plymouth last season. Ryan touched upon him there and we heard about him in that segment as well. Blake, he had a great August for Plymouth this season. Hasn't scored in September. Ryan Hardy seems to have, have taken that baton and, and, and scored the goals for the Argyle this month. Nonetheless, they play up top together. Luke Jeffcott, Ryan Hardy, two very good strikers, two pretty young strikers as well, especially Luke Jeffcott coming through the, the under-21 ranks for, for Wales. They are going to pose such a danger to Pompey's defence tomorrow and it's such a bad time for the Blues as well. Yeah, um, it's fair to say I'm a little bit worried. However, <laughs> I think it's... You have to look at it and think, well, Downing's experience, Raggett, 
has been solid for the most part. If we can stop balls getting to them, I remember I can't remember who it was we played last season. I think it was Wimbledon at home. We had defensive issues. Piggott came down here and we managed to shut him out completely by just stopping him getting the ball. And I think that could work again with Jeffcott. Maybe it'll be a bit different because there's two of them. But hopefully our defence can be more solid than they were on Saturdays. They've had that game together now. Let's hope they shore up and go again. Yeah. One name who probably won't be phased by the uh, the threat that Plymouth pl- uh, posed tomorrow night, Ryan, is uh, Gavin Bazunu. Uh, I mean, what a player he's he's been since he signed for the club on loan from Manchester City at the start of the season. We're not going to continue to bang the Gavin Bazunu drum because we seem to do it every single show, but it's warranted because he's such a fantastic goalkeeper. But one of the most interesting stats from Saturday, uh, he conceded two goals, of course, um, but the Irish goalkeeper actually had the best passing percentage on the pitch. 100% with a staggering 42 out of 42 completed passes. Where that included six accurate long balls and four other passes into the opposition half. Phenomenal. Pl- plays very high up the pitch. We know that. Very confident for such a young goalkeeper. Uh, do you think he's going to be worried too much about the likes of Ryan Hardy and Luke Jeffcott tomorrow? Do you think that's going to be playing in the back of his mind? Or do you think he's he's actually mature enough to just blank that out? Um, I, I think it speaks volumes um, of his potential. I mean, that, that record is phenomenal. Um, 100% passing um, accuracy and, and completed is, is, is sensational for a goalkeeper of his age. We saw over the international break what he can do for Ireland yeah. on, on the biggest stage um, of all. And, you know, he, he's definitely one to keep an eye on for the future because so far he, he's been a real asset for us and I'm sure he will be for the rest of the season but in terms of Jeff Cott and Hardy of what they what they can pull out the bag I, I don't think that he will be uh, worried about them he'll just be what, thinking about his own game and um, ensuring that we keep the clean sheet and hopefully get the goal to get the win Roger in Gosport has had his save this evening he says very disappointed with Danny Cowley's tactics and what is he doing with the team what's wrong with 4-4-2 why does he always want to play uh, one up top you have to play John Marquis every game unless he's injured says Roger in Gosport who finalises his text by saying I'm not surprised the fans booed run over keep the faith Roger in Gosport and one here from Sammy C um, Pompey seemed to have no leader out there and no one has put in a shift for the shirt. Sammy C on the text. Blake, would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd have to. Um, the, the leadership looked to be lacking on Saturday. You just got to look at the team. Like Robertson obviously has been taken out, who is our captain. Lee Brown stepped up, who's normally quite a big voice from what you see from the outside at Pompey, but he even looked a bit quiet. Like Curtis was the only one that did anything, and that was when he scored. So they didn't look like they had anyone kind of stood on the pitch going, come on, run harder or mm-hmm. come on, fight for that ball or do anything. It looked like they were very simple. And even Danny Cowley said after the game, I haven't been a good football manager the last four games. So yeah, maybe that sums it up, really. Mm. Uh, certainly from the row around the squad is certainly not where we want it to be right now. Hopefully we can push on tomorrow and, you know, Ryan, even a scrappy win against Plymouth Argyle, whether it's not the greatest performance in the world, a victory will do. And, and that, hopefully set Pompey in good stead for the future no a win's a win um, that's going to be the most important thing um, first and foremost but also goals um, we scored our first league goal in over three and a half games um, uh, last time out against Cambridge so. it was over 440 minutes well there you go I think between. that says it all and I think that would disappoint Cowley as much as the next person um, so goals and and um, goals and win games at the end of the day so if, if we can really you know get the confidence into the the players and then and then try and get the win against Plymouth anyway anyway just keep the clean sheet get the goal yeah. and get out <laughs> uh, Linda Mail on the emails uh, was Saturday's match on and off the field was a shambles I'm not sure what the plan was on Saturday but it was a clear uh, plan A, B and C did not work we couldn't even blame it on John Marcus and the lack of goals don't think Cambridge would have thought how easy it would have been to come to Fratton Park and beat us they came with a plan of one up front and they're p- and packing the penalty area our players just seemed intent to try to dribble past a packed penalty area and try to walk the ball into the net. Uh, let's hope we can play with some passion and fight tomorrow night against Plymouth. And that is all we can ask for. Play at Pompey, says Linda on the emails. And we've got one here from Roger and Gorspot. Uh, good evening, Jake. Just want to say what, uh, whatever Danny Cowley is doing to the team is not working. Me personally, I'd 
put two strikers up front, especially with John Marquis. Can't understand the manager's tactics at the moment. He needs to step up uh, with himself and the players. I'm sorry for ranting. Keep the faith, Roger and Gospel. Roger, don't worry about it, mate. Keep the rant. Keep the rant. It's not... It's not great to watch at the moment, but um, of course, we're going to try and keep the faith, as you always say. I'm going to try and hope that Pompey are going to try and get their way back into the season. There's plenty of the campaign remaining, and uh, I'm sure Danny and Nicky Cowley have got a lot of plans to try and implement over the coming weeks to try and ensure that victories uh, are coming a little bit more frequently. Uh, we've reached the end of the show. It's absolutely flown by. I can't believe it. Um, Ryan Honey, before we do go, I'd just like to get your score prediction. Plymouth at home tomorrow, not an easy game. The last eight matches between the two sides, Pompey have won two and there have been six draws. The last time Pompey were defeated by Plymouth was that playoff semi-final 2016. Your score prediction, please. I think there will be a reaction, but I also appreciate Plymouth are going to be a very uh, tough side to break down. I'm going to be there tomorrow night and I'm excited to be back at the ground, uh, a break from Haven't, but um, I'm going to go for another draw. I'm going to go for 2-2. Let's hope you are the uh, good luck chum that Pompey need. Hopefully it's not a cool draw. Hopefully we'll get that win, uh, Ryan. Uh, Blake O'Neill joining us over the uh, the internet tonight. Your prediction, please. Well, I'm going to go bold. You've gone for four goals, Ryan. I'm going to go five. I'm going to go Pompey to win 3-2. I reckon there'll be lots of goals tomorrow night. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Uh, Ryan, honey, thank you ever so much for coming on tonight. It's been great to see you. Uh, wishing you a, a great week and hopefully you enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks very much, Jake. It's been great to be back. And Blake, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show as well, mate. Uh, stay safe and I'm sure I'll see you in the next, uh, you know, in the next couple of days as well. <laughs> Thank you again, mate. See you soon. So those were uh, Ryan Honey and Blake O'Neill with their thoughts from uh, Saturday, Saturday's 2-1 defeat at home to Cambridge United, as well as a mini preview of tomorrow's game at home to Plymouth Argyle. This is match day number eight for Pompey in this new League One season. The Blues take on Plymouth Argyle at Fratton Park, hoping to secure a victory for the first time since August the 17th. Had a 1-0 win over Shrewsbury Town at PO4. You can catch all of the unmissable action live from Fratton with myself Liam and Ryan from 7 o'clock here on Express FM join us for Pompey Live everything we do is passionately Pompey this is you want to believe it? Pompey Live. Defeat at home for Pompey. Williams cross to the far post. Header is in the net. And Cambridge are ahead. Shot on goal is a brilliant goal. Liam O'Neill with his first of the season. There's a long way back for Portsmouth. Next up now. for the Blues, a home tie against Plymouth Argyle. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow from 7. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. I would say you won't want to miss it, but if anything like Saturday is anything to go by, then maybe you will. Uh, but no, do join us for tomorrow night's game against Plymouth Argyle. 7pm is when myself, Liam Howes and Ryan Steele will return for full coverage of tomorrow night's game. Kick-off 7.45 at Fratton Park. Commentary, as usual, by our colleagues from BBC Radio Solent, Guy Whittingham and, of course, Andy Moon. Coming up here on Express FM this evening, Jeff and A's are back with the soft rock show from 7 o'clock. They've got the latest by Vindaloo Ramble, Edge of Paradise and Japanese Jesus. And plus a, a look at events in music history, including Blind Faith and the Plastic Ono Band. Kevin Stokes returns with That 80 Show between 9 and 11 this evening. And then we've got the Express Wind Down, nothing but the most relaxing songs all night long from 11pm through until the early hours of tomorrow morning. Nicola Lashley is back with Express Breakfast from 6.30 tomorrow morning. She's got just great songs, the latest on the road, sport, news, travel updates. She's got the lot, as well as the Express Rewind from 9 o'clock. Ian James is back from 1 through till 4. He's chatting to local people and he's got the lyric line too, as well as the victory years from 2pm. James Percy gets you home with drive time between 4 and 6 minutes for Composer Series with John Brown. That returns between 6 and 7 before the return of Pompey Live for tomorrow's visit of Plymouth Argyle. We hope you can join us for that one. Until then, Pompey fans, have a great evening. Take care of yourselves and play at Pompey. Have a great evening. Good night. <laughs>